Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be previewing the weekend series for the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants as the MLB season is in full swing. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in and start with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, They actually have the day off today for Thursday before they have a four-game series against the Seattle Mariners on the road starting on Friday, ending on Monday. So we're going to start off previewing that series before getting into the San Francisco Giants as they end up playing the Padres tonight before having a three-game weekend series at home against the Texas Rangers. So we're going to start out with the Oakland A's. So far this season, they have looked the definition of mediocre, uh, as they are uh, 3-3 and as of right now, losing each of their last two games and getting swept at home by the Colorado Rockies and losing each of those games by four runs or more. Overall, the Athletics have looked decent from a pitching perspective, but the offense has been a bit inconsistent, as they ended up scoring seven runs in the first game, but that was due to an extra innings grand slam by Matt Olson before losing against the Angels 4-1, then winning 6-4, then winning 3-0, losing 8-3, and losing 5-1, which means that offensively, since the first game went to extra innings, the A's only had three runs in the first nine innings, which means that the A's have only scored three runs in the first nine innings of a game once this entire season. The other five times they have not scored. So the lineup that was supposed to be very impressive has had some struggles in the early part of this season. However, if you are familiar with the Athletics, they tend to start off seasons very slowly, and they probably will pick up at some point, but is definitely worth mentioning. Now looking at some of the other points of note for the Athletics, so far the key piece that has been very impressive in my eyes has been Ramon Laureano who has looked phenomenal at the plate. But, of course, everyone knows how talented he was. The only question was whether or not he would be able to stay healthy. Loriano currently has a .350 batting average, which is just off the charts, along with a .462 on base percentage. Uh, He has seven hits in 20 at-bats, if you're doing the math at home. He has one home run and three RBIs. So he has been a very solid contributor on offense. One player who has been underachieving a little bit up to this point, Matt Olsen, besides having the Grand Slam home run, has had zero home runs and one RBI since the opener, and he's batting 211, but he does have an on-base percentage of 400, so he has been doing a pretty good job of getting on base. The main issue has been Chris Davis, uh, just to address the elephant in the room. You can't. I know that he is a guy who is a boomer bust player who either hits home runs or strikes out, but when you're 0, in, you're 0 for 15 with seven strikeouts to start the season, I kind of got to wonder why you're in the lineup at this point. I know he has the home run power, but he doesn't really do anything else. And at some point, if the struggles continue, you have to wonder if they will be taking him out of the lineup at some point because over 15 with seven strikeouts is not going to get it done for one of your quote-unquote supreme power hitters. At that point, you're basically just Chris Davis. So keep that in mind. But against Seattle, luckily, their offense should be able to wake up as Seattle's just pitching 
has been absolutely atrocious. And just to break it down for you, the Mariners are 2-4. and four. They actually ended up winning yesterday against the Angels despite giving up seven runs. However, giving up runs is definitely something that the Mariners have been accustomed to as they have allowed at least six runs in every single game this season. Uh, they still have to play tonight against the Angels, so we'll see if that trend continues. But the Mariners have the worst bullpen in the entire league. This team can't pitch. They don't have any good starting pitchers. They don't have any good relievers. Actually, Marco Gonzalez is decent as a starter. But other than that, though, Tywan Walker struggled in his first start with uh, with uh, the season. Everyone else has just been very underwhelming. Graveman looked awful. Sheffield looked awful. Uh, the bullpen looked terrible. Brian Shaw ended up getting the victory yesterday despite giving up two runs and blowing the lead. But this team just can't stop anybody. And I expect the A's to wake up in Seattle feeling pretty good. And I think that they're going to perform pretty well over the weekend. Scored a decent amount of runs. Kikuchi looked okay against Houston in his first start this season before struggling a little bit late against uh, the powerful Astros lineup. But the pitching matchups for the weekend go as follows. You have Taiwan Walker facing off against Sean Manaya. Manaya struggled in his first start of the season, so he'll look to bounce back. And Taiwan Walker, I don't really know how talented he is anymore. He used to be good with the Diamondbacks, then he had the injury, barely pitched last season, and you have to wonder if he's anywhere near the pitcher that he used to be, which was a slightly above average pitcher at best. Other than that, you have Kikuchi against Fires. Uh, definitely have the A's have the pitching advantage there as Kikuchi. Uh, has had some issues in his brief MLB career, to put it lightly, whereas Fires has been really good, and I expect him to continue pitching well in this one. Then after that, you have Grayman versus Bassett, which is a bit of a question mark there, as Bassett has had some mixed results in his MLB career. However, if you look at his numbers this season, he ended up going four innings, gave up no runs in his first start, so that's a pretty good sign, and he's going up against Graveman, who got absolutely torched by Houston, and he has an ERA of 13.5. So I expect Oakland to have a pitching advantage in that one. And then last but not least, the final game on taking place on Monday, actually, is going to be between Justice Sheffield and uh, Men- Mengden. And, well, Daniel Mengden is not that great. Uh, 0-1 with a 6.75 ERA. Really not a great pitcher as a whole, but he's going up against Sheffield, who, as a former Yankees prospect, had a lot of potential before that pretty much went down the tubes and he was awful on his first start this season as he has an ERA of 12. So based on that, you're looking at Seattle's pitching, you're looking at Oakland struggling bats. I think it's a perfect recipe for Oakland to wake up and to potentially sweep the series. Of course, it's easier said than done to win all four games in a four-game series, but in reality, you're looking at a situation where Seattle can't pitch and Oakland on paper still has a very talented lineup and they just need something that's going to rally the troops together, and I think Seattle's abysmal bullpen and starting pitching alongside the day off leading up into the series should bode well for the A's. So if I had to lean for general trends over the weekend, I would lean to the A's team total overs because I really think that, especially on the road since you're guaranteed nine at bats, I think Seattle's uh, pitching staff is going to be in for a long weekend into Monday against the A's. So my main breakdown here is the fact that Seattle's pitching is atrocious, they can't stop giving up runs at all, and I expect the A's bats who have struggled a little bit lately to wake up in bunches as they take advantage of Seattle's questionable pitching staff. So with that being said, we're going to transition to another team uh, in the Bay Area, and it's going to be a team that even though they have the same record, has definitely looked a lot more impressive 
than the Oakland A's, and that will be the San Francisco Giants, who I thought would be the worst team in the division. Still a possibility. They're only one game ahead of the Diamondbacks for that spot of last place in the NL West. But they did have a very impressive win yesterday, and I will give props where props is due, as they were able to rally from behind and beat the San Diego Padres at home. If you look through the actual game itself, it was capped off by a walk-off home run by Yastrzemski, and that was his second home run of the game, I believe. Uh, yes, it was, as he had a home run in the third inning and the ninth inning. Uh, they were down four runs going into the sixth. They scored a run in the sixth. They scored three runs in the eighth, and they had to walk off home run in the ninth as they ended up winning by the score of seven to six. The main thing about the Giants, offensively, they have looked decent, at least better than I thought they would, especially with the absences of Belt and Longoria. If you go through the numbers after the first two games of the season, it looked like it was going to be a massive uh, disaster for the Giants as they got outscored 17-2 to in their first two combined games of the season. However, they did rally to beat the Dodgers on the road in both games three and four of the series by one run and two run respectively before heading to the Padres and splitting the first two games there. But the lineup for the Giants has looked underwhelming for the most part, which was expected. However, they have scored five runs in two of their first six games. So it hasn't been terrible, to say the least, but still definitely a below-average unit. And they will look to rectify that over the weekend as they end up taking on the Texas Rangers in this interleague series. Uh, for the most part, though, the pitching staff has been... I'd say okay. I don't think it's been awful by any means, which is a pleasant surprise. But if you want to break down the actual pitching, uh, the starters have been okay. Not really many earth-shattering performances here from the starting rotation. Johnny Cueto's been get uh, been roughed up in his first two starts of the season as he has a 5.87 ERA. Other than that, Drew Smiley was a pleasant surprise as he ended up going four and a third give of one run against the Dodgers. He looked very sharp. Uh, Gassman... Uh, had a 4.5 ERA, four innings, two earned runs. I'd say decent. Samarja got shelled, four innings, five earned runs, and 11.25 ERA. Uh, the rotation has been pretty inconsistent, but it's a mediocre as a whole. But the bullpen, for the most part, has been, I'd say, serviceable, which is definitely an area of surprise where I thought this team would struggle. As on paper, this bullpen looked atrocious. But I got to give props to the Giants' bullpen so far. They have not been earth-shatteringly bad. They have been middle of the road. And if they continue that, they should win a decent amount of games. But to preview the series against Texas over the weekend, for this, of course, this is coming before the actual matchup between the Padres on Thursday. So as of right now, they are 3-3. Three and three. Ga uh, Gaussman's going to be pitching against Lamette. But looking at the weekend series, there actually are no official starters for Friday and Saturday for the Giants. And according to ESPN, those are both blanks as I'm not really sure who's going to be starting for those games as a result. However, Sunday is going to be Samarja versus Allard. I'll get into that when we break through it. But for Texas, all the starters have been announced. You have Mike Miner, uh, who is going to be starting on Friday. You have Jordan Lyles, who's going to be starting on Saturday. And then you have Allard, a relative unknown for most people who are baseball fans, is going to be starting on uh on Sunday, and that is going to be Colby Allard, for those of you who don't know, and he's going to be going up against Jeff Samarja. Now, breaking down this series is going to be pretty tough because I don't know who's going to be starting for the first two games of the series. However, uh, looking at the pitching matchup, Miner should have the advantage over whoever he's against. Mike Miner was a phenomenal pitcher last year. 
And so far this season, 0-1, but he has a 1.80 ERA. So he looked very sharp in his season debut. I expect him to continue pitching well. And I think Miner should end up getting the victory on Friday. But there remains to be seen. I do think that the Giants offense will struggle against him, though. Uh, then you have Saturday. You have the matchup against Jordan Lyles. And he gave up no runs so far in his season debut, despite only going two innings. So, you know, read that as you met, as you want to. But Lyles, I don't know how many innings he's going to pitch. He only went two in the season opener. And overall, pretty inconsistent pitcher. If you remember him during his tenure with the Brewers and the Pirates, he sometimes looks really good. Other times he looks awful. And I feel like you have to kind of hope that he figures something out. And uh, at least if you're a Rangers fan. And I think that he should have a pretty inconsistent performance in this one. I think the Giants could perform well. But once again, I have no idea who's pitching for the Giants, so it's pretty tough to break down. And last but not least, you have the pitching matchup on Sunday between Samarja and Allard, and I expect runs in this game. Uh, I know that the Giants are going to be at home, so you typically see less runs in, of course, uh, you know, Giants home games. But Samarja got shelled in his first start, didn't perform well at all, and Allard is a relative unknown who isn't that great of a pitcher. I'd say that he has some decent stuff, perhaps, but... Uh, he's actually going to be making a season debut, and for the most part, usually hovered around four to five innings per start, so I'd expect that to turn into a, a bullpen uh, game for the Rangers for at least five, six innings, which could be a disaster. But if you want to break down both teams offensively, I'll do so starting with the Giants. Of course, Mike Yastrzemski made the huge impact yesterday with the two home runs, including the walk-off. He's a 4-9 batting average. He is leading the team in home runs as he's the only one with two home runs. And he has an on-base percentage of 500, so he's continued where he left off in his rookie season, and he continues to look great at the plate. Brandon Crawford has looked, has struggled as he's batting 235, uh, kind of similar to what happened last year, but Giants fans were hoping that he would, I'd say, bounce back and potentially bat 300. Other than that, you have Hunter Pence, who has been useless ever since he ended up uh, joining the Giants again, as he is 0 for 17 with an on-base percentage of .056. So he has done basically nothing since joining the team. Pablo Sandoval is 2 for 15, batting 133. Uh, he looked out of shape in camp, but they were hoping that he would be able to swig the t uh, twig relatively well, and that was definitely not the case. So Pablo Sandoval has not performed well at all. Other than that, uh, looking at some of the other pieces, Alex Dickerson has looked pretty good as he has a 3 away batting average. Uh, Dubone has struggled. He is... Uh, what is he? He is Dubon is three for 17, not performing too well. Overall, a couple of underachieving players, but as a whole, the team has looked, I'd say, mediocre offensively. Of course, Ostromski's doing the heavy lifting, and they're going to need other people to step up, but that remains to be seen. And the issue with Texas, to talk about awful offenses, has been Texas' offense, which has been an absolute disaster so far this season. Although they ended up scoring seven runs and a compromise victory yesterday against the Diamondbacks. This team offensively was terrible through the first five game, through the first four games of the season. It was so bad they had not scored more than two runs in a single game over the first four games before scoring seven runs yesterday against the Diamondbacks, capped off by a five-run eighth inning. Main reason why, none, nobody on the team can hit uh, right now besides Joey Gallo, who has two home runs and four RBIs, both of them being team leaders. And he's batting 211. But that comes to the territory with Joey Gallo, as he's pretty much the new version of Adam Dunn. But 
going through some of the other key pieces, uh, the whole team as uh, for the Rangers is batting 181 with an on-base percentage of 279, and that's the entire roster. So this team can't hit at all, and you have to wonder if that's going to carry over against the Giants, and I assume it will. If I'm going to be looking at the series as a whole, I can't really be too optimistic about the Rangers. I know they have the day off leading into the series, but they've played every game at home this season, and yet they still can't hit the ball. So i got to wonder if they're going to struggle more on the road in their first road series of the year, especially traveling to the West Coast. I feel like the Giants have a decent spot here to potentially steal two out of three. And overall, I think that most of these games should be low scoring because both lineups have struggled. The Rangers lineup has struggled a lot more. But if you want to break down the actual pitching matchups, Miner should do a pretty good job shutting down the Giants. Uh, breaking down the other games in the series, uh, you have, uh, well, else do you have? You have Lyles, who is hit or miss, but the Giants, I don't know who's pitching for them, but I expect the Rangers' offense to continue struggling. You have Samarja versus Allard, which should lead to some runs, but it wouldn't surprise me if Samarja performed pretty well against a struggling offense. So that remains to be seen. But just to recap the weekend series one more time, I'm going to be all over the A's team total overs for pretty much every game of that series against Seattle, as Seattle's pitching is just atrocious. And I think Oakland's offense will wake up in bunches and perform pretty well, scoring roughly six runs a game, I'd say, over the weekend, which would not surprise me. And going through the Giants series, I would lean to potentially some unders, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants potentially steal that series. As they're playing at home, they typically play better at home than they do on the road, and the Rangers cannot hit the ball. So that's my takeaway for the weekend series involving the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants. Once again, though, if you enjoy the show, please uh, subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Central Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me at on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Uh, so that's R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio on Twitter, all one word. And thank you once again for watching the Betting Barrier Podcast, the Believe Podcast Network, good luck, and good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.